filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster Watch out for the filibuster. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you wanted it, or maybe you didn't, but you're going to get it regardless. It's your buddy Gavin, and you're listening to the filibuster freestyle. That's right, and guess what? Special present for everybody this week. Well, a couple of special presents. Number one. We're going to do a true old-school filibuster. We did it a little bit a couple weeks ago. Thought it was okay to dust off the spiderwebs, try to get the uh, soliloquy game back in action. So I'm going to do a full-scale, no-guest, live, no editing. <laughs> Good luck to all of us on that one. Family-friendly filibuster freestyle in honor of a man who didn't always do his shows by himself, but who did them a lot by himself. That is none other than... Fox News legend, and now former Fox News employee, Bill O'Reilly, of the O'Reilly Factor, and of my personal favorite, the old Inside Edition skit in which he flips out because he doesn't understand what's going on with the teleprompter, and he says, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. He also uses a couple of choice F-bombs, and um, it's one of the greatest YouTube skits of all time. I think I've plugged it on the show before, but regardless, check out Bill O'Reilly, Inside Edition. Bill O'Reilly will do it live, and you'll, you'll thank me for it. I still remember when I turned on um, Filibuster Freestyle Pundit and Kennedy Sullivan when I showed her that for the first time, and Ann and I still have an inside joke about we'll do it live. So check that out. But let's talk about Bill O'Reilly for a second. Okay, Bill. Bombastic, fiery... Apologize for nothing, host. Not shocked that after Fox News founder Roger Ailes, who was Bill O'Reilly's boss, who's everybody's boss, and was also busted or accused of committing all types of, let's just call it, lecherous behavior in the workplace. I uh, had a lot of sexual um, harassment claims, things of that nature. When Roger Ailes goes down, when he's fired, when he's out, and he's the boss, and he's your main enabler. Hey, Bill O'Reilly, it might be time to walk away. Speaking of walking away, not only will Bill O'Reilly walk away, but we'll walk away from that topic. But one more quick thing. I've heard, I believe from CNN, that Tucker Carlson will replace Bill O'Reilly in the O'Reilly Factor time slot. Clearly, he's not going to be on the O'Reilly Factor. My man's name is Tucker Carlson. But all i got to say to Tucker Carlson, i got no beef with him or no... No non-beef with him. I haven't even listened to a thing Tucker Carlson said in about 10 years. Forgot he was around, actually. No, no, no disrespect, Tucker. I'm sure you forgot I was around, too. But good luck following Bill O'Reilly. Because the only thing harder than building an audience and becoming a superstar is to be the person who takes the baton from someone who did. And I think I'm pretty well on the record as not being a fan of Bill O'Reilly, really, in any way, shape, or form at all. But I do... Admit that the guy built a very fervent, passionate, loyal audience and that Tucker Carlson in his sweet floppy haircut and his sweet bow ties just probably aren't going to bring in the same demo. And maybe I'm wrong. I think it's going to be double whammy though because first, Fox News clearly advertising revenue dictates this move. Bill O'Reilly made a lot of money for Fox, a lot of money for Fox News. Even if they were all catheter commercials and things of that nature, they were still paying the bills. And when he leave, when, when, for him to get forced out, excuse me, 
It means advertisers were unhappy. Advertisers were getting ready to pull, pull their ads. And maybe, just maybe, Fox News wanted to do the right thing. Uh, I'm sure it was a combination, but advertising revenue is certainly key. Now, on the flip side, now that the revenue has been threatened and now that Fox has made a move, Tucker Carlson's got, a, got an audience to build because now the amount of people who are tuning in at whatever time of the night that show's on Fox News at 7, 8, 5.30, Blue Play Special, I don't know. Um, you know, the catheter, the catheter commercials aren't going to be seen by as many eyeballs. So Tucker Carlson's going to work, work cut out for him. Okay. I wanted to do places listening. The issue was that was that the SoundCloud site was down and where I go to get my analytics for the freestyle is SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, which along with filibusterfreestyle.com and Facebook is are places you can find the freestyle. Excuse me. Um, reason I bring it up. Today I'm listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill Simmons of ESPN, Grantland, and now the Ringer fame, the Boston sports guy. He also has a podcast. Slightly few more listeners in the freestyle, but we're working on that. But he, for the first time in my knowledge, in his 201st episode, mentioned the analytics on SoundCloud of places listening. He actually shouted you all out in Canada, and I have some Canadian listeners as well, for being second place to the U.S. for listeners of his podcast. Hey, Bill, stay off my Kool-Aid. That's our bit. We, we shout places out. So to Nepal and Indonesia and Liechtenstein, France, Mexico, the U.S., and of course Canada, Thank you all for still listening, and I love you, Bill Simmons, and I've probably bit a lot of your steves over the years. I guess maybe I should be flattered that you're biting some of mine, even though you're probably doing it unknowingly. Okay. Enough about Fox News, enough about SoundCloud, enough about Bill Simmons, Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, and the rest. Let's talk Boston Marathon. Went to the Boston Marathon two days ago, Marathon Monday. Literation aside, what a day, what an event. I actually made my way to mile 24 for a viewing party, and the, um, the Boston Gooners, who are the Arsenal fan club supporters, uh, the Boston chapter here, here in the United States, the Boston Gooners, their bar gets taken over every year at basically mile 26, right near the finish line, Lear on Boylston Street. So those guys were basically a bunch of men without a country to watch the Arsenal game. Um, they could have done it, but they would have been with denizens from all over the world who were, who were more into the race. So what they did, and my brother and, and some of the other guys on the executive board did, was they went to one of the guy's houses, this guy Jeff. He lives on Beacon Street in Brookline, right near Fenway Park, right near the Sitco sign, about a mile before that, mile 24. And not only did we have a, a sick barbecue, uh, some drinks, got to watch the race at mile 24 on a beautiful Boston day. But my man Jeff hooked up his computer's laptop, his Wi-Fi, we got to watch the first half of the Arsenal game outside while watching the marathon in the sun. And then those guys are hardcore, so they went inside and watched the second half on TV. But great setup, props to the Boston Gooners for having the remote Arsenal party, marathon party. And again, you know, with their home leer being taken over, smart move to just take it to the streets. So I got to talk to you about getting to mile 24, because I, I made it for the first time, I think, ever early enough to see the leaders go by. And the leaders are flying. They're going like 12 miles an hour at mile 24. They make it look so easy. Props to winner Edna Kiplagat, 38-year-old of Kenya, 
who won the women's race in two minutes, 21 seconds, and some change. And then Jeffrey Kuroi, I believe it is, K-I-R-U-I, 24-year-old, also of Kenya. He won the men's race in two hours and nine minutes. Both of them used sub-five-minute miles to break away from their respective packs in the final five or so miles of the race. Props to them both. 25-year-old American Jordan Hase, second fastest American women's debut of all time in a marathon, came in third place overall. Second place on the men's side went to American Galen Rupp, a 21-year-old. And catch this out. Catch this out. Check this out. Six American men placed in the top 10 at the Boston Marathon. Pretty impressive. Speaking of American men, Meb, Meb's last race. Meb's last name is what I believe is uh, Keflagizi. Keflagizi. That's definitely not it. It's K-E-F-L-A-G-H-I-Z-I. We call him Meb for short and for obvious reasons. My bad for getting around, Meb. He was a 2014 champ, 40 years old, rumored to be his last competitive Boston Marathon as a professional runner, but good for him. He had, he had a you know, strong finish. I believe he might have been in the top 10. He was the first American to win it a couple of years ago uh, after a huge drought, 20-plus year drought, probably more than that. And uh, Meb won, obviously, the year after the marathon bombing. So an extra special marathon day when everybody came back, and he happened to be the winner. Props to him. Okay, props to Catherine Switzer, the 50th anniversary of the first time she ran the Boston Marathon. This is important because she was the first woman to ever run the Boston Marathon. She actually, as you probably know by now, entered under the initials KV Switzer, and nobody thought to check if she was a woman because women were not allowed to run back then. So she got a bib, bib 261, and then when they saw a woman show up to the the start line in Hoppington, they basically messed with her for a while to try to get her bib. She was able to run. She ran that race in four hours, 20 minutes, and that was 50 years ago. Okay, she ran in 4.44 two days ago at the age of 70. So 50 years later, she's only 24 minutes slower. And that's pretty impressive considering as a 20-year-old, she was in her prime. Now, what I would say is all of us were slower back then. And number two, people were literally trying to steal her bib and push her around during her first marathon. During this marathon, uh, everybody celebrated her for the true pioneer that she is. Props to Catherine Switzer. Okay, what I'd love to end with today, for the most part, are some do's and don'ts for Marathon Monday. And you know, I've been to the New York City Marathon, which is another fantastic marathon. Not all marathons are created equal. Boston and New York are both linear, so there's not really any lap doing. You know, I I believe Philadelphia, I certainly think D.C., there are parts of the marathon in which you're kind of doing laps around the same geographic area. And so faster people may pass slower people uh, more than once, et cetera, et cetera. So Boston and New York are linear, like I said. So New York starts in Staten Island. It makes its way through all the boroughs. It zigzags a little bit in Manhattan, but really until you get into the park, Central Park, you know, you can't really watch the race twice. You can only see everybody go by once. Same thing for Boston. So I've watched this race at probably at mile 10 before in Natick, uh, with my boys Trev Money, Mikey Brown, Maddie Cheston. That was their place back in the day, back in like 2004, 2005 marathon. I've watched it in, in Brookline and in Boston. I've watched it at the finish line. I've watched it uh, anywhere from mile 20 to 26, all over the place. So it doesn't really matter where you watch it. 
do go watch it. It's fantastic. Um, things you should do. Do go to house parties on the route. Like I said, Jeff's place, Boston Gooners party, all the meats, all the cheeses, great beer, wine, and liquor. It's all good. Marathon Monday is the 95% chance Marathon Monday is going to be the first really nice day of spring in Boston. Just the way Boston kind of works. Um, so do go to house parties. Absolutely. Okay, do cheer. Cheer all the masses running. Don't pack it in after the leaders. Don't pack it in after an hour. The people who are running later and later in the race, they need it more than anybody. It feels good to give them love to them. It feels good to give them love to you. Okay? Here's a don't. Don't go for a jog on the route, next to the route. Don't jump in for a while. Don't do your daily run next to the race. Nobody wants to see that. The runners don't want to see that. I went for a run the other day. I did it in Celtic before I went over to the marathon. I got no problem with you running on Marathon Monday. Just don't run the marathon route while they are running it and not be in the race. Don't not have a bib. It's just not cool. I don't, I don't buy it and everybody I was with voted the same. I'm just saying, don't run. Don't run on the route. Don't jog next to it. If you want to work out that bad, either do it on your own time, do it earlier, or do it later. Um, do plan to travel on foot a ton and to use the T as much as possible. Getting around by car, not great. What I did, like to think it's a veteran move, not toot my own horn, got an Uber and selfie in the morning, got, over, got dropped off right near Fenway Park, walked about a mile to where the party was, waited for the leaders to go by, was able to change sides of the street, done and done. Uh, when I got out of there, Cindy Harrington, Pundit and I took the train, took the green line, took it into South Station, I believe. Again, good to go. And it was actually free because Boston is so happy to have you not in a car that they're like, you know what? It's on the route. It's during the marathon. Screw it. It's free. So you get a free ride. Another thing is don't expect the Uber rates at the end of the marathon to be anywhere close to normal. The surge pricing is what I'm talking like New Year's Eve, night before Thanksgiving, um, rainy Monday going to work, snowstorm, you know, whatever. It's Uber rates were through the roof. Do not plan on using Uber unless you plan on paying search prices. So those are some do's and don'ts. I do want to give Boston a shout out because I feel like in the four days I was in Boston for Easter weekend and the marathon, I experienced all, arguably all four seasons. So Saturday, beautiful day in, um, I'd say the mid-60s, maybe even the high 60s, about 70. Actually, you know what? I lied. About 72 degrees on Saturday. Beautiful spring, early summer day. Easter Sunday, 90 degrees, humid, like a real summer day. Monday, Marathon Monday, it was all over the place, but usually kind of around 60, 61, very windy, a little sunny, a little cloudy, a little windy, a little bit of everything. So that, to me, that was spring, summer, fall. And then yesterday, as I was leaving, getting out of my car, my cab at the airport, it was 41 degrees at like 5 in the afternoon. I could see my breath which I, I count as winter. You can see your breath, it counts as winter. So four days, four seasons in Beantown. I did want to hit on a couple other things, a couple hot takes. Number one, went to Seapoint and Southie for the Bruins game, game three of their series against the Senators. They did lose in excruciating overtime fashion for the second time in two, in two straight games. I watched the first overtime crushing loss at the Bleacher Bar, which is inside Fenway Park, unofficial sponsor of the week, 
uh, sponsor of the week, Bleacher Bar in Fenway Park. Do it, do it. Johnny Red Neat, do it. But C point for the Bruins game. The steak tips are fantastic. The turkey tips are fantastic. Great pizza, great appetizers. C point's like a good, fun, old, salty experience and a little bit safer than going to Touchy's Shamrock Irish Pub and Grill, which, uh, let's just say, I had an interesting experience there on Friday night right after getting off of a flight. Um, it had nothing to do with anything I did, just really interesting locals being interesting. So C point's like a level up in terms of mm, safety and less chicanery. Um, speaking of chicanery, I'm going to call BS on Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey. Their commercial has dudes that are straight up climbing mountains. They're literally hammering picks in, into the mountain and have ropes, and they're all vertically assailing a mountain, climbing a mountain. So I'm going to pass. So the end of the commercial is them on top of the mountain with a bonfire going, because they have all that free wood on top of a rocky surface. Um... And they're passing around the tin cup whiskey. I'm going to pass on getting cranked on whiskey during my climb or after my climb on top of some giant rock tower that has, like, the circumference of my living room table. But you guys go ahead. Something tells me that drinking while mountain climbing is at least as bad as drinking while driving. And here's something that's worse than drinking and driving. And I want to hit this up because I had no idea what's been going on, but... I hate to end it on a serious note, but I'm in Boston, and I'm outside of Boston Medical Center, and there's just trash everywhere, and then there's like a, a lot of people everywhere, and they don't look like they're super healthy people, and what I found out was that, uh, and I'm not going to have it all right in front of me here, so I apologize, but I'm going to do my best to explain it, that hospital employees have some type of an antidote that they carry that acts as, as kind of a curing agent for somebody who is overdosing on heroin. And so apparently what heroin addicts have started doing in Boston, especially, I'm not sure if it's other places or not, is they go and, and, and cook up a batch of it within walking distance of the hospital, almost like on the hospital property. And they, if they cook up a batch and, and they overdose because of Good Samaritan laws, etc., um, and again, I'm not going to get this 100% legally right, but essentially if they, if they pass out an overdose on hospital property, not inside the hospital, on hospital property, the hospital is obligated to attempt to bring them back to life, bring them out of their overdose. And so all the janitorial staff, custodial staff, nursing staff, obviously medical staff, carry these anecdotes, anecdotes, anecdotes excuse me. So an anecdote is what I'm telling. The antidote is what they carry, excuse me. So anyway... It's becoming, clearly heroin use has always been an epidemic, but I've never seen anything like this. It's kind of like a shanty town without the shanties. It's just the people and their garbage and their sleeping bags, and they're all just hanging out outside of Boston Medical Center. And I don't know what Boston should or shouldn't do. Heroin issues are profound and terrible across the country and in that city, but there's got to be a better answer than just letting them do that. It's just sad and it stinks, and I was sorry to see it. And so I guess I just gave you some real talk from your buddy Gavin on filibusterfreestyle.com. Check us out. Hit us up at Gavin underscore Viano. Uh, is that right? I don't even remember, guys. I'm sorry. At Gavin Viano. Sorry, just at Gavin Viano. The filibuster freestyles handle is FB underscore freestyle. All right, enough for me and my filibuster. It's not going great tonight. But allow me to cue up my outro song, and that way we can make it official. Thanks for listening. I'm very excited 
uh, with some of the stuff we've been putting up lately. We've been doing some Southern Charm analysis shows with Dara Richie O'Brien and Cindy Harrington. Uh, still working on a mega cast for online dating, horror stories, and uh, even success stories. Getting closer on that, our buddy Carl Ray joined us for a little bit on a segment on that. He and I also have a, a Yacht Rock segment coming up, likely in the month of May. And I believe next week we're going to have Thaddeus D. Matula, who is the director of the great 30 for 30 ESPN classic, The Pony Excess, the story of SMU football and the death penalty. And he's scheduled to come on next week. So hopefully the next freestyle you hear for this one will have Thaddeus on it. And we're excited he agreed to come on the show. And we're looking forward to asking him all about it. But for now, allow me to bring up the GarageBand app and allow me to hit a little outro song. Thank you, as always, for listening, guys. Thanks for spreading the word. Thank you for hitting share and like on Facebook, on SoundCloud, subscribing on iTunes, etc. We really appreciate it. Have a good one, and congrats again to all the runners of the Boston Marathon. Subscribe on iTunes, thanks. Peace.